Welcome back to the GeoComics Podcast, where we talk about comics' interaction with culture and culture's interaction with comic books. Comic books allow creators to reimagine stories and allow for subtleties and ambiguities to be represented in the art. Comics also allow readers to experience other types of people through cultural and artistic symbols. In this episode, I talk with PhD candidate in Jewish literature, Joshua Lander, who has submitted his thesis and is awaiting his viva. We talk about Jewishness and Anne Frank's diary, the graphic adaptation. If you enjoy this conversation, you can read Joshua Lander's upcoming publications in the Philip Roth Journal and his essay on anti-Semitism in Britain in Gutter Magazine. If you enjoyed these discussions, why don't you follow me on Twitter at DominicLittleD or follow the show at GeoComicsRG. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome back to the podcast, Josh. How have you been? I've been very well. Uh, Post-thesis madness has... Oh, it wasn't so bad. I think it's because I only did one author. So it feels like I cheated a little bit. Like the people that do like loads of like bigger... I don't know. I, maybe I'm not doing it properly. Maybe I didn't PhD properly. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been okay. Um, I have a, one of these horrible job things now. Mm. you know. But that's not so bad. It's actually it's a call center, but it's actually not too terrible. I was almost disappointed at how un- unterrible it was. You know, I mean that's not a word, but you know. Uh, we well, words uh, as a s- graduate of English language, I think uh, words can change meaning and yes. change anything at any point. Yes. Unterrible can become a word because you understand what you mean by unterrible. Exactly. This is yeah. this is it. But yeah, no, I'm very well, and this is my first. Uh, we dabble back into the world of Jewish studies for me. So it's nice to be in this lovely space. Do you want to just give some of our listeners a little history about your academic... My academic... Yes. Um, academics. So I started a PhD five years ago. Um, rather ignorantly. Just sort of followed, went down, the studied Philip Roth because I liked him. And as someone that's... Jewish, I like the ish part more than Jew. I kind of identify with, and I found out that actually the name of a writer who has exactly written this, so they've beaten me to the punch of writing about being Jewish. Um, but I really like that term. So I sort of selfishly and narcissistically used my research to explore my own identity, which, as it turns out, is what everyone does pretty much. Um, and then you know, Roth is not a very pleasant, or very, he's a very tricky writer. Um, and so it became more about trying to engage with the problematic aspects of his writing. So the title of the thesis was Philip Roth and the Jewish Body. And that sort of looked at bodily images and Roth and fluids and semen and shit and so on. And, um, how what they represent and and how how Jewishness evolved racially, religiously in America, and Roth is like a good case study because he mm. wrote a lot of novels, most of them hit and miss. <laughs> most of them hit and miss. There's some really great ones, but there's a lot. I'm like I could live, live without reading that. And we're kind of going to talk partially about Jewishness. Uh, well, that's today. an interesting point with with 
with Anne Frank because yes, because there's contentions over how ish the Jewish side of and how it's been represented and how her story's been represented in terms of being Jewish. So we're going to be talking about Anne Frank's diary, a graphic adaptation. Yes, today adapted by Ari Folman, and the illustrations were done by David Polonsky. So yes, um, I don't know how you want to begin. I guess I guess it's it's a strange thing to even talk about because you're talking about someone's interpretation of another text, <laughs> the diary itself, um, and even that then is a was a. T- an interpretation because the the text was originally um, edited by her father, the only survivor of um, the annex. I don't know how many people will know about the, the diary or how much information I you think want to give. Peop- I don't feel like we can so talk about Anne Frank without talking about Anne one. Frank, the actual person. Yes. Um, so, for people who are unaware she lived in occupied Amsterdam yeah 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 German yeah Nazi occupied Amsterdam yeah. I think is very crucial to this story yes um, and basically the um, I think it was Margaret um, yeah her sister gets a, a letter um, summoning her um, to be deported and so the family decide to go into hiding and so Anne's diary is given to her as a 13th birthday present and thereafter. Um, so she has a little bit of, of writing about life before and details the experience of losing essentially their human their mm-hmm. human identities under the Nazi occupation, not being able to, to cycle, not being able to use public transport. And then they go into hiding um, into the, the annex of her father's workplace um, and several of the staff members help them hide, and they're there. I think so. I think it's 1940, 1942 to 1944. Yeah, because the very sad bit is obviously it was one year before the war <laughs> um, ended. So yeah, so there was there was eight members of the annex. Um, there's Anne Frank, Margaret Frank, and sister. Uh, who's three years older, and she's kind of crucial. And uh, Otto Frank, uh, Anne's father, Edith Frank, her mother, then Peter Van Dan, uh, Mrs. Van Dan, I've only ever known her as, and Herman Van Dan, and then Albert Dussel, um, a dentist who comes in later. So there's a sort of main characters, and they have helpers, um, Joe Kleiman, Victor Kubler, Bep, can't pronounce her second name, Voskudio, no, and Miep, Gies. Um, they're the ones that frequently appear Um, and yeah I mean it's the diary itself so I read it I read the graphic comic first Um, I was always very scared of the diary why were you scared of the diary? it It has this sort of aura about it Mm -hmm. within within like if you're Jewish and you know you know Anne Frank I'm curious about how like I'm curious about how like you come to know about Anne Frank. How um, I came to know, like Anne. generally, like everyone sort of knows, mm-hmm. but I don't really know what that even means to know the story of Anne Frank mm-hmm. because it's. I don't know how many people read. Like I think it's exposed to an education, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. 
and then a lot of people go to the actual annex oh, in Amsterdam if they if they can. Um, but it's curious because people seem to know the story, but I I don't know how. Well, mm. that, I'm still confused about what that really means to know her story. I think I, I, this comes from from Ireland. I um, in primary school we read excerpts from her diary. Mm. It's part of our primary school education. I don't know um, how they choose what parts we read, but mm-hmm. I remember nothing quite not not no violence no well that's key yeah that no. is really key yeah because the the whole one of the the responses to the diary when they were, it was published so all frank edits a lot out dealing with um he's the only one that survives um when they're taken to various concentration camps and he's the only one that survives and the um i think one of the helpers finds the diary and gives it to him and he omits a lot of details in the diary, particularly pertaining to Anne's sexuality and to her very troubled relationship with her mother. Um, and this this editing becomes, um, and then once, I think once he died, it was, the whole thing was then published. Um, I think that's right. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of studying that went into this that they kind of, like, found material that's really key. And interestingly, of course, this graphic adaptation really, I think, focuses on all the theories that Otto Frank did not really want people to know. Um, but the, the one of the things that made it successful, I mean, it was hugely successful. It sold millions of copies. And in America, it became a Broadway production, which was highly contested because it was originally given to um, oh what's his name what is his name I don't think his name is important okay fine <laughs> but basically um, there was an original we had to that out um, there was an or- original adaptation that highlighted more of the Jewish aspects of Anne's uh, and the Frank family and then Otto Frank did not like this and basically uh, a couple um, came up with an alternative production that he did like that was much more universal and then and there was legal debates and lots of problems ensued um, but it was the one that was produced and famously of course it ends with Anne's one of Anne's lines about how she believes there's good in everyone everyone, which Which, is not the ending of the actual diary yeah and that I think that's the ending that people uh, attribute to Anne Frank more so like, yeah. whenever I think about the end, I think about her saying, um, I still believe, mm-hmm. in spite of everything, mm-hmm. that people are truly good at heart. Yes. And I think that's the, the famous Anne Frank quote. Yes. Despite I, that not being her ending. And the, the thing with her diary is that we've created a narrative around this as an ending. But for her, as a writer, it's just an ongoing text that she's creating. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't have a finite ending. It doesn't have a no. narrative finish. Well, it's a weird thing when you're reading the diary because you, you're waiting for a finale, hmm. and then it, there is no. Like again, I'm always curious if you don't know the story and you pick this up and you read it, you're probably thinking, "What, what, the, what the hell am I doing reading this?" Mm-hmm. Um, but the ending to me is just such a powerful 
and when she just wishes there were no other people mm -hmm. in the world. And it's just something quite hauntingly sad about that. Um, but I think I think you're, like what you one of the things you said was the really important part that made it so successful, in a way that like Eli Weasel's Night was successful for opposite reasons was that there is no violence in this this text. There's like fleeting moments of like they recognize that the plane is mm -hmm. shot out of the sky and they sort of see it and uh, I think they're shot and the soldiers I think they're um, or there's like moments of threats of violence. And that's one of the interesting things that the graphic comic does is gives you visualizations mm -hmm. of violence that are not actually as present in the, the, the text. I, that's something I'd like maybe to d delve into a little bit. Okay. That the graphic adaptation is adapting someone's experience of something. So this is adapting Anne Francis Frank's experience of living in mm -hmm. an occupied um occupied Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And I think the omission of violence from her text mm -hmm. doesn't mean that violence wasn't occurring around her or that she wasn't aware of it. Maybe she just didn't write about it. But when they adapt it, the reality of planes getting shot out of the sky or people being murdered or people being dragged away and murdered mm -hmm. um, becomes part of the text. Like some of the... the the text we have her looking out windows or being really frightened of looking out windows mm -hmm. but I don't know if um, I can't remember any specific points when she when we're reading her normal diary um, mm. the non-graphic adaptation where she discusses the fear of the outside of the annex all that much but it was quite well depicted in a comic book version because you can have the juxtaposition of the safety of the annex, but also the desire to leave the annex. Well, she does reflect on the fact that they're completely separate from it, mm -hmm. and like they aren't aren't suffering the way that the people in the outside are. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, she is aware. It's a criticism. Um, uh, I think Bruno Bettelheim makes rather harshly of. Um, I think he has quite an issue with the way it's been. I think that the, what happens is that a lot of people take issue with how it's being received and responded to and mm -hmm. re-structured. Re, re and it becomes a kind of symbol of hope because this... But we, it's weird that it is to me now, looking at it now. Because there's a lot of bleakness in this text. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fraughtness and um, tension and despair that the graphic comic does not shirk away from I mean like you have her like talking about her bad dreams and and like the bad thoughts creep into my mind so this is a quote from the and then the, the, the illustration is Anne Frank trying to sleep in a bit of distress surrounded by like a sea of soldiers with their their um, bayonets pointing upwards soldiers fate and there's a train which obviously mm -hmm. signifies mm -hmm. you know going towards and these are the kind of things that um, retroactively uh, an artist can do. Because um, yeah. we understand that a train is linked to uh, mass movement and the mass yeah. murder of, yeah. of Jewish people, uh, yes. the mass transport of these Jewish people to their deaths. Yes. Yeah. But, um, it, but it's also always a fact, what I think is interesting as well, another thing is like Anne Frank's, like Anne Frank um, has quotations of conversations. 
And I, I began to wonder, well, hey, we don't know. Like this is again, it's her interpretation of events that we only get. So you have this layering of narrative where she's interpreting things a certain way, and you get her perspective, and then the artist then takes this perspective and is very much obviously influenced by how she sees the world, particularly in relation to her mother and her sister. Um, like there is a there is clear um, like clearly a lot of tension between her like how initially how she is seen in relation to Margaret and feelings of resentment and frustration. Her older sister is um, more academic apparently. Like she's a better better at school or maybe she's maybe not, but her sister feels like she is and feels like her sister is better than her. I think or maybe I f- actually I feel and probably feels like she's better than her sister. I think so. I mean, I don't, I can't, I think there's just a generally like, I mean, there's a line in page 20, it's always about me and my sister, and they have, and they, and they are, so this is a wonderful thing of, um, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like eight different drawings of the two together doing very different things, and trying to fold her clothes in one of them and making a mess. I can sympathise, as Margaret's doing it perfectly. It's like Anne is much more emotionally charged, she feels, than her sister is. Which is obviously not the case at all, you would assume. Mm -hmm. But it's how she perceives it. And so all we have is a text of one person's interpretation. Um, I mean, yes, and, and that is the kind of challenge, I think, of this comic. Of how to create the world without like you have to kind of question Anne's perspective or like be aware that it's her perspective Mm -hmm. Um, but equally there's just she's extraordinarily astute I mean for a 14 year old I mean she's aware of this She, she writes about how she feels older and she has several moments where she um makes comment on the fact that she feels more mature and more um, more aware she's extraordinarily self-aware and um, is aware of her awareness and um, she'd be good at therapy too and like I think that um, that's what makes her such a compelling writer because I found the turning point was after her and Peter have their friendship that ends with they have one kiss but really Mm -hmm. it's I think mostly a friendship and um, I think that there's a maturity there that kind of sparks her and she becomes a much more some of her writings about what it means to be a woman Mm -hmm. and um, there's a whole in the comic there's certain points in the comic where they keep the bulk of the it's just text (laughs) And it's just Anne's words on a white background with the text, and I think that's very important. And I think it's those moments where the the, the illustrator and the writer, um, the adapter, I'm just adapters. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're both um, working together to create yeah, this text. They've chosen to do that at particular moments. I think it's when Anne reflecting on her mother and the frustrations with her mother, and then Anne talking about the what it means to be a woman. Um, which is very near the end which is even more sad in a way because you can see this maturity coming into her writing and then it's mm-hmm. snapped away 
the thing talk being self-aware um i think it's a really i i just as someone who's a you know as a right and frank looking at her as a writer you can see her thinking mm-hmm. constantly in her in her writing mm-hmm. um I think that's part of why this text has been so successful is because it's she is a totem of the destruction of the murder. Um, and part of it is that she is a compelling writer and that we're yeah. we're interested in what she has to say. And that's part of, like the, we've discussed this before, but i've I've told you that this is probably one of the hardest books I've ever had to read in. I've ever read maybe um, because there's this page here uh, page 90 and 91 of the comic book where she talks about her her self-awareness of her own sexuality and mm. that she um, acknowledging something that she she maybe likes women more than she likes men but mm. she, she's um, becoming a person like she's becoming the person that she would have become had her life not been tragically just you know yeah. yeah and there's a great sense of alienation with her friend she wants to show um show her friend they want she wants to show like show each other their breasts and her friend's like no why that's ridiculous and she feels very lonely mm-hmm. and i think there's a lot of that within this diary like Anne frank feels terribly alone and isolated from a family that she feels like doesn't understand her mm-hmm. And there's that moment when she writes her father a letter explaining herself to, um, after spending all that time with Peter, and he instructs her not to go, so then she writes him a letter. And he is so hurt by it, he says he, she says he burns it. And it's remarkable because when, as a reader, you like think your daughter is not, like, I didn't read it, I, I actually read it and missed most of the kind of shock, I was like, oh, and I read that he did this, and I was like, oh, surprised me. But I mean, she is, she was a writer, and I think that the thing that this comic does is places Anne Frank and imagines her as an artist and a writer and an intellect in the way that she envisaged herself, kind of tentatively at times, other times a little bit more forwardly. Because she learned about the fact that the Dutch, one of the Dutch ministers who was um, in London was on the radio and said that we will be looking to collect diaries and so, um, so forth, things of that nature, to collate. So Anne then went back and started editing bits of it to make it more interesting. She became aware that this would have value, and they even talked, like they joke about it, and she has ideas to write novels. Um, and in the comic book as well, they uh, they heavily focus on her wanting to be uh, a writer, mm-hmm. her interest in cinema, yeah. uh, her wanting to be, yeah. um, you know, a, one of those Hollywood poster uh, poster women. Yes, yeah. yeah, they have her like with Hitler, the Audrey Hepburn hair, yeah. and there they go. Um, yeah, they like it's on page ninety eight. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's the saddest part is. Um, the multiplicity of ands that you have of all the potential all this kind of wonderful diversity and what's really striking which I think Alvin Rosenfeld says is that and the saddest part about all of this is Anne Frank's story is hardly unique at all and that's 
a terribly terribly difficult thing to to kind of accept because it's just it's just very sad and and again there's there's other diarists who don't haven't received the same attention some of whom I think they're writing have been more violent and then weirdly you get Eli Weasel's Night which is lauded and it's violence is so horrific but here it's I don't know it's just there's something very very it's it's like the ending of this comic to go back to that because I think the ending of it is something I think I cried which I cry a lot for those that know me I mean it's not anything new but the, this ending um, I mean it's funny the end the ending of the diary itself is fu- is is sort of weird because it ends I think the same way it says Anne's diary ends here that's what it says in the comic and I'm pretty sure it says the exact same thing in the text Anne's diary ends here sure enough and then you have an afterward and I I understand they have to put this in but there's something about that sort of sums it up in a way the invasiveness of what's happened because we don't have we don't we're not left with Anne's voice we can never have Anne's voice you can only have the snippet and then you're you have to go to somewhere else um, but what I think the, the diary does the, the comic version of the diary does beautifully is again it's all white with a cam check but it looks quite like a substantial amount of the entry um, and I think no I think it's abbreviated but it certainly looks like a good chunk and then on page 145 you have a series of different drawings of Anne doing various different things various poses various facial expressions which encapsulates exactly what I was saying that it is the multiplicities of a, of a human being an artist that are are gone because the diary may end here but Anne's life does not end there it ends with her being transported away and being subjected to unimaginable uh, un, yeah. un, 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 horror mm-hmm. that which is why the, the Broadway production is so wrong to end with the lines that they do, with the I still fundamentally believe human people humans are good, whatever nonsense it is, because that's not how it ends. It does it ends in a far more troubling note. That's what I find. Um, the this being the one of the hardest books I've ever read, uh, is that her, her our look into her life ends, but her life from that point we thought that she's had a bad time living in the annex Mm. dealing with um being a 13 14 year old girl coming to terms with her femininity dealing Mm. with all these things these are all difficult things that teenagers go through and then we're not we're like not allowed to see the rest of her life that rest of her life is undocumented well it is documented but it's not documented by her where she gets she ultimately is murdered yeah and it's it's all very vague um the the details of all eight of the the members except for frank that most of the details are kind of like they suspect they were at margaret and Anne's bodies were dumped in uh, i think it's belson and um it's 
it's a horrifyingly vague like the fact that you don't have that like mm-hmm. the fact of like the number six million becomes a sort of vague number and I still remember um I had when I taught uh the Holocaust to the first years at Glasgow and I the second year so the first year I did the Holocaust it went really well in fact students cried and I nearly cried and it was all exactly how I'd imagined it going um, in terms of this deep profound you know moment actually I didn't anticipate that it came as it came very natural I should say the second year I did anticipate it that's why that's why it all went wrong and some of the clips I had didn't work and a whole bunch of other things and then for my seminar I have this book that I would bring in um, and it was a conceptual piece and I can't remember the name of it um, and basically it was like and each one was someone or something like that and it has the word Jew written six million times and it's it's a beautiful book and it's um, and it's covered in like a, it's a hard back and it's got shot the shawls over it so it looked, you know. and I pulled it out and I must have done it a little bit more dramatically than I intended and one student just completely destroyed my entire excitement at showing this or getting them to discuss it went that's the most English lit thing I've ever seen <laughs> I, was, I, I was just horrified at the kind of callous dismissal of this text also slightly impressed at the sort of acerbic analysis coming out of this young student but there is something very difficult about coming to terms with the like the I mean like I when, when we did Mouse, had I been to Auschwitz at that point? No, you hadn't. No, no I hadn't. Okay, so I've been since, and it is... Um, I've been to Auschwitz and, and Birkenau, and it is... You, you, your brain can't fathom it, I don't think. And that varies enormously, but it is... It's so... It's And this is the thing, it's like having a human diary, having a voice, having Anne Frank, as like she becomes like a symbol of... The Holocaust, which she's not. She's just, her story is amongst thousands, millions that just do not get documented, never got documented or never given the chance to. And it makes it such a, I think that's the thing that makes it difficult as well, is that you're aware that that this is not, the only thing maybe exceptional is the writer. But how many exceptional writers were extinguished before they they even got the chance. That's what why I feel re- reading this book. We we've talked about this a little bit off mic, but mm. um, the I, I carefully try not to use this uh, for when I talk about Anne Frank, the actual diary that she wrote, but the dramatic irony that's present throughout the entire text as yes. the adaptation. Yeah. Um, that we talk about this young girl who has aspirations and dreams and wants to be something when she grows up and dreams about the life after the mm. annex, where we know that the life after the annex for her is the worst, potentially the worst part of her life. Yeah. Um, and the whole time reading this text, um, you, I feel like it gets worse and worse to read it because we're getting closer and closer to her murder um and we as readers know like i think publicly people know that anne frank did not survive yeah uh, and while reading the book i just i every single time i hope i just want her to be okay 
because she is like every 14-year-old girl I know. Mm. Every 14-year-old girl you meet or that you knew as a child when you were growing up. She was super self-assured. She was cocky. She was interesting. I would have, you know, I would have loved to have a conversation with her. Mm. And that's never allowed. No. I mean, I, I, I have... I have mixed feelings about the universalization of, mm-hmm. of, of Anne Frank as the embodiment of of, of teenage of teenage but I think it is something that makes her certainly like I think young people particularly can find certain bits of it mm-hmm. that are I mean I find a lot of what she says very compelling for my own sense of self like mm-hmm. um, and but equally, there's there's just so much of it that's absolutely entirely inconceivable, and the spaces where she does they don't write or what she doesn't say or the gaps. I notice there can be gaps between the diary entries that are substantial. So in the graph, the graphic comic, I think it's probably important to, to point out the ed, the the edit, um, a lot of what goes in, then even the bits that they so like there's sections of the diary that they will have between like take weeks of entries or like a month I think one of them's a month between so they're condensing a little bit and I'm always intrigued by what is not being said and what what's missing and those gaps I mean it's just you know it is remarkable like they're they lived there for so long in the space where like, you know they're, they're sh- they weren't able to function the way like like you know they're, they're like when they're eating the things they're eating it's like boiled spinach for days I mean it's unfathomable really but um, I think I, I think it's and I think in some ways it's this kind of problem of particularly for Jews and, and especially in America is like they became when they assimilated they, they were assimilated through the, through you know the the Diary of Anne Frank was like it was the first mainstream play that, that focused on the Holocaust and like the way that it was framed, it was like it it made audiences f- feel good at the end because they were like they were like allowed like if all like this is um Bruno Bettelheim who I think was a a survivor um who said that if all men are good at heart there never really was an Auschwitz nor is there any possibility that it may recur and he was very scathing about the fact that the diary was being used in this way and I think I have to commend the graphic comic for not doing that at all the graphic comics main point I think is the lamentation of, of loss of life and the violence that has occurred in this process but yeah we talked a little bit about the universality of mm-hmm. Anne Frank as a character um, and that's probably something, as someone who didn't grow up Jewish or isn't Jewish, mm. uh, that's something that I can see in the characterization of Anne Frank. But you study, you do Jewish studies. How Jewish. does she fit into this Jewishness that we talked about earlier? Well, she's a funny. They're a funny one because they um, there is a there is a bloody page where see in podcast you can't just like rifle through and find quotes as we discovered earlier Meyer Levin was the name of the chap by the way just because I do know what I'm talking about most of it sort of I mean but there is a there is a bit where they have Christmas and Hanukkah um, 
and oh, I can definitely find this. You just use the dates, you idiot! Like, oh my god. Um, but there's a really funny scene that the, the artists have done, where they it seems very intentionally do this. There we go, page eighty-seven. I feel like they're addressing the the, the play, and it's the depiction because there is here, uh, like it looks like lackeys and um, wine and the the menorah. Thank God I'm remembering all these terms because that would be a bad. But I am a, I am equally a rubbish Jew, so I'm allowed to get this wrong. And a Hanukkah and the candles, and then you also have a little Christmas tree and. Whatever the hell, you'll know what that is. I don't know what any of that is, but it all looks like... They seem very, um, like, European Christmas European stuff. European Christmas stuff, yeah. foods and such. Uh, like a bundt cake and there some tarts See? and oh. a hairbrush. There you go. Uh, which is obviously connected to Christmas for some reason, I yes. don't know, but let's see, assume it is. But this is the, the thing of, um, like, they were, they were secular, um... Jews, but I think Anne, Anne seems to express, like, at one point she addresses the fact, I don't know what's in the, 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 the comic actually, she expresses the, um, I regret that Peter is vehemently anti-religious. And I don't know how she, how she really, um, what her attitude towards God is, but I think she certainly doesn't, she's not skeptical, she's not as critical as, as Peter is, because that's definitely something she, she does mention. Um, but I think it's important for this text if it's going to work, to make sure that they really... There's a reason they're in hiding. And 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 it's something that I find um, really important, actually, to address the fact that Jewishness, I mean, even Jewishness, like the Enlightenment, the kind of the contractual agreement of the Enlightenment was keep your Judaism at home and you'll be okay. And then modern racism kind of came about and anti-Semitism was born basically because they were like, we can't bloody tell who's a Jew and who's not. I know, biology. So, but there is something quite um, risky about the universal, like creating a universal narrative. Anne Frank is the, the, the figurehead of, of trauma or, or, or persecution because... Mm-hmm. Um, I am very skeptical of it, but also the the fact that this Jewish difference is there, and this is why they're there, and and it's horrifying because they're they're not you know the diff, there's no the, the, there's just some moments where you know she she really laments the world. There's a great line actually. There's a fabulous fabulous um, part where she actually laments like the state of the world and talks about um, her like why um, why like England can produce bombs and but the world like people still go hungry and you know she's an exceptionally like she she'd be a great socialist you know um, also, one of my favorite parts, actually, just flicking through, is page one of six, like falling through it into her past. That's probably one of the hardest, like little, like one. It's quite a small panel, actually, um, images of the whole thing to me, because she's like falling through her diary entries, like re- reflecting on her own writing. 
but as you say, there's definitely some awareness from the authors that she's falling into the abyss, and this is all that will be left. As she, like, she's literally, I mean, it's like, again, it's quite a horrible image to kind of sit there with. Yeah, to, even that image we have, um, just to describe it, it's it's basically a black image with a small bit of text and um, a, a light shining from 1942 mm-hmm. up towards Anne Frank, and she's falling into the light. Um, so we have a lot, lot of imagery there, so the, the darkness of the world around her, mm-hmm. the, the desire to maybe go back to 1942 where she lived and went to a school and had friends and cycled her bike and yeah um, yeah you're uh, right yes yeah. it is it's her reflecting and thinking how un- I mean she says how unreal it all is um there was a quite a funny moment actually I had on the on the subway last week where there was a woman on the train and she was reading the diary of Anne Frank and she had this wonderful moment where she was standing and she pulls the book out so I obviously am like looking like ooh and then you can see her she physically kind of like sinks into the book and then starts laughing and it made me think about like it's also a very funny like so the diary's very funny and it has some very very perceptive moments and then the the comic does that very well like Anne creates a brochure for when um, Mr. Dussel I think moves in and the comic does it wonderfully because it because it can because they can actually show um, like create a visual interpretation and it's it's just funny and it's a kind of it's a beautiful she's got a very she's very sharp and disagreeable um, and witty and difficult and like just she is she's just a and I, I can imagine her being hard work um, but again it's it's a hard it's kind of love so it's just it's just that sadness always you're always always aware and I think I, I have to say that the comic does a really excellent job I think of I think in cap, like capturing that very salt the solemnity of it all uh, even the cover, if we look at the cover, the that she is, um, the cover is a. I feel like it's a classic image of Anne Frank, the one that we we see quite a lot. The way mm. with her uh, sitting down, uh, her hair in the, the picture that we always see of Anne Frank, um, and she's surrounded by darkness. But her family are kind of keeping that darkness mm. away, uh, which is a really interesting take on that the way she's so disagreeable with her family she complains about them for hundreds of pages <laughs> but that that's her whole world as well at the same time that's all she has yeah i mean and also rightly so there's a bit with her mother i can't remember if it's in the the, the comic or the, the diary but her mother can be quite cruel to her at some points there's a bit of like where they they laugh at her when she was much younger and it's quite mean um I think I think it's un- I mean again the circumstances of it all make it seem very mm-hmm. it doesn't like an impossibly difficult situation there's always fighting going on there's always arguments disagreements there's tensions from the fact that you know the warehouse the threat there's several robberies um, the police come over at one point it's all it must be just so fraught and then you're a teenager trying to just 
like she's trying to better herself by learning and like reading and uh, and it's just I think it just is extraordinary how horrific it must have been and also how entirely not horrific it was compared to those that were not in hiding but then the inevitable I mean it's just I kind of lose words because what else can you say at a certain point I do yeah I do that is the problem with reading this text is that how can we describe the the, the pit life potential that she had that she was an excellent writer she mm. could, would have only gotten better she would have only been a more interesting writer a funnier writer yeah a more critical writer and we see that reading her book and yes maybe she uh, never intended but you can kind of she maybe intended for this to be read um her going back and editing it and going back and changing things and reflecting she had um, no ideas for writing novels fairy tales she was she was a writer mm-hmm. so, and that is the incredible thing she was a writer I, i'm 29 i still struggle with the word writer mm-hmm. i think Anne frank was an absolute writer and her use of punctuation her use of language is just remarkable mm-hmm. I do like reading the comic version. Uh, I haven't read the diary version since I was a child. Um, but reading the comic version, I do. I just she was she was funny. Like I laugh so much <laughs> reading this. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time as feeling, you know, on like a complete lack of hope. Um, which is maybe why this adaptation might be a better adaptation than other adaptations. Yeah. Because if we do compare it to the play that ends with a very positive message of hope and people are good, it, it kind of, I you could argue that it gives the audience an out. So you don't have to do anything anymore. Because look, Anne Frank, she said you're good. You're a good person. But when you end it with, I just want to be left alone, and her diary never gets finished because her untimely death, we are no longer given an out. We are no longer allowed to um, kind of sit on our laurels and say, well, the world isn't very nice and we need to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. And with her, like, I I always, I, I, this is something I discuss a lot, is that writers never have the courage to call their readers out mm. uh, and say, you're not doing good enough. But I feel like Anne Frank, as a writer, calls her readers out. I think. I think mm, that's an interesting one. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> it's just. I wonder if uh, like who she. I mean, she's writing to to Kitty. <laughs> so I think like there's a. It's it's almost like a kind of. Not quite confessional piece, maybe, but it's certainly a, a place of where she she can she's very honest or tries to be very honest, and I think that's what makes it um. That's the most compelling part of it, and I think the ending you're talking about is creates a dishonesty because it doesn't end that way, and it should have followed its ending, and that's maybe my frustration at the in, in, invasive interruption of an afterward. The necessary mm-hmm. afterward, they have to explain who died where, what happened to Anna Margaret, 
and you know how this came to pass, which I think is understandable. But and it's not dishonest; it's just rude. <laughs> but here, here you, ha- I think you, ha- I think she's able to do what she does with her readers, maybe because she's not not really meaning to. She's not aiming to be political. She just is political. Her writing is highly political in its assessment of the world as she sees it. And it's the kind of blossoming of a a very critical writer who whose who's writing is just... Everything is robbed from us. I don't know if we can talk much more about... No, <laughs> and Frank's diaries, uh, the graphic adaptation. But do you have any like final thoughts that you'd like to, um, to imbue? Um, let's turn to Anne Frank. I guess the the best thing to do, I believe, is to maybe just read a little bit of the ending, because. Because that seems appropriate, doesn't it? Um, right, we'll not go with the whole thing. Cause it's, it's a big entry. And she writes at the very end, Believe me, I'd like to listen. But it doesn't work. Because if I'm quiet and serious, everyone thinks I'm putting on a new act and I have to save myself with a joke. And then I'm not even talking about my own family, who assume I must be ill, stuff me with aspirins and sedatives, feel my neck and forehead to see if I have a temperature, ask about my bowel movements, and berate me for being in a bad mood, until I just can't keep it up anymore. Because when everybody starts hovering over me, I get cross, then sad, and finally end up turning my heart inside out, the bad part on the outside and the good part on the inside, and keep trying to find a way to become what I'd like to be and what I could be if, if only there were no other people in the world. Yours, Anne M. Frank. (laughs) 